one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Today's episode is sponsored by Try Vegan, a meal delivery plan that is 100% heart-healthy, plant-based, made without gluten, oils, or refined sugar. All customers receive eight meals and two sides for only $100 plus $9.99 shipping. They offer an exciting new menu each week that are shipped out on Mondays. Based in New Jersey, Try Vegan delivers north to Vermont, south to Maryland, west to Pennsylvania, includes all major cities such as New York and Philly. There's no contractor commitment, and you all, my audience, can save 25% off your first order. Promo code, capital L, capital Y, capital T, capital Y, yoga. That's lit yoga. Website is tryveganmealprep.com. Vince is a friend of mine. He is an amazing human being. And I have this myself. This saves me time and energy. And I get these delicious, delicious homemade meals delivered right to my doorstep. So try vegan yourself. Good movement, and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through safer and smarter movement patterns, so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Today is Friday with Friends, and I have one of my dearest friends, my brother, on the podcast. He's been on here before, John Frank. He is a physical therapist and an uber specialist in movement and we have been uh, apart but has been zooming because of the pandemic and so i have him here on the podcast today welcome john hey laura how's it going it's good glad to be back i know i'd rather you be in the studio with me but hey it will be soon so we were just talking about uh john you have so much knowledge and people love hearing everything you have to talk about in terms of the movement and functional anatomy, physical therapy. But what I think people often don't understand um, as such a basis of movement is these principles of physics and how understanding movement really first beckons us to understand the physics behind movement. Can you give us a little primer in physics today? Um, Newton's law, why is it so important? Why should all physical therapists, anybody that's interested in movement, understand these physics principles? Well, I think everyone should understand 
basic physics. Uh, it's because that's that's how we. It's just uh, it's uh, interesting in its own for its own sake. Uh, and Isaac Newton was a very interesting person. But as far as just uh, knowing how movement occurs. Uh, without um, a lot of times, I think people learn functional anatomy. They they learn certain things, but uh, they learn that certain uh, muscles do this. Uh, is and this, you know, you have to uh, have posture and. But really, the very basics of the uh, movement and how we move in any mechanical system is Newton's three laws plus gravitational law. And these three laws are the bedrock of any uh, type of uh, investigating movement. So I, I just thought about this because a uh, physical therapist friend of mine called me on, uh, on Zoom. He wanted help from me to see if he knew the answer, if I knew the answer to this homework assignment for his son. And, uh, the, and this just made me think about the three laws of physics. So uh, do you want me to just tell you the problem and I'll just tell you what my thought process is? I would love it. I would love it. Yeah. Sorry. So uh, the question was, let's say his uh, power suit, his jet attaches his suit, runs out of gas, runs out of fuel. Um, and he's away from the uh, space shuttle. And how does he get back to the space shuttle? Can he? And the answer is yes. He can get back to his little space shuttle, even if the power, if he, uh, he has no more, more uh, fuel in his jetpack. And, and you can do that by using Newton's three laws of physics. First, so here's the three laws. Uh, one is inertia uh, or momentum, uh, the law of momentum, which says if you things tend to go the same speed in the same direction unless an outside force is applied to it. Um, so uh, things continue. If, you're, if it's moving in, in a certain direction, it will continue to move in that direction uh, unless a force is applied to it. It's probably the most counterintuitive uh, notion because we have here, we have friction, air pressure, gravity that prevents movement. So it's very natural to think that we have to actually use energy to cause movement. But it's really you have to use energy to change movement, change the direction and speed. And you can think of an ice hockey that can slide with on low friction surface for a long period of time because you take away some of the the force that will slow it down. So, and second law is for every uh, is F equals ma. So you have to apply to get some mass to change to change its velocity or speed and direction and or direction. You have to apply force to it. And the third one is for every action. There's the opposite and equal reaction. So the answer is you would throw. You would take the space uh, suit. And you would, using F equals MA, so you use your own muscles to create a force to accelerate the mass of the uh, spacesuit or, uh, in the opposite direction of where you want to go. So you want to go towards the space shuttle, so you would face away from the space shuttle and you would just throw the space uh, suit or the, the uh, 
the uh, little um, the little engine jetpack um, in that direction, the opposite way of the space shuttle. Because of the third law, for every action, there's an opposite and equal reaction. You would create a, you would start moving towards the space shuttle. That's the opposing, that's a reaction force. So you throw the jetpack using your own muscles, that's F equals MA, in the opposite direction of the space shuttle. And uh, from that, the third law for every action, there's an opposite and equal reaction. You would start moving towards the space shuttle. Now, here's where what really helps you is in space, there's very little, there's really nothing to stop you. There's no air pressure. There's no friction to stop you. So you just keep on moving. Once you, you don't have to apply a lot of momentum. People think you have to like really chuck, you know, you have to throw really uh, far and really with a lot of force, the space shuttle to make it back. You don't actually, because once you start moving towards the space shuttle, you'll continue to move towards it without any effort on your part um, because of inertia, the first law. So those are the three laws that you can help, that you can use to figure out how you would, your astronaut stranded from your space shuttle because your jetpack ran out of fuel, how you could get there. So, so wow. Um, well, I'd like to have you in space if I ever get <laughs> blown off, but can you now transfer that information into like real day movement? Where, where would that be applicable when you have someone who's coming in, say in physical therapy and they say, you know, I work out every day, go to the gym and I'm having some clicking in my hip and it's really bothering me now when I wake up and I go up and down stairs. Well, what I would say is first, let's see how that applies to normal, like how would you make movement efficient. A lot of times when you have injuries, overuse injuries, not traumatic injuries, but just overuse injuries, uh, sometimes you don't move as efficiently as you should often. Um, so take running, for example. If you run in what we call overstriding, uh, in the overstriding way, that means you kind of reach the foot out in front of you, um, um, as you as you as you run and you kind of hit the ground hard with your heel, uh, with a foot in front of you, pretty far away from your center of mass. Like the, the knee is kind of, is not, the foot is not right underneath the knee is a little bit extended. What you're doing is you're creating a breaking force or a reaction force, um, with the ground and the foot. As soon as you hit the ground, the ground hits back in the opposite direction that's going to slow you down. Um, so uh, if you land with a foot underneath the knee, uh, not only, so you, re, you minimize the breaking force, that's the opposite reaction force that we're talking about specifically with running or what we call the ground reaction force. And you allow somewhat the inertia of your movement to continue to, have you move in the same direction with less force. So you're kind of trying to um, kind of simulate a little bit of what happens in space when you move. Uh, you really you can't so much, but you, you can at least minimize the forces, the, uh, the reaction force that can slow you down. Um, and so... So a shorter, so shorter stride length is 
allowing the turnover to occur in a, in a way that's more um, energy efficient, that you're not landing and kind of breaking your... There's, I mean, great runners actually have very long stride lengths, but it's uh, what they don't do is they don't overreach through the... They don't, they don't, uh, they don't uh, overstride. They just have a powerful push off and they're in the air longer and for a longer, a longer period than for a longer uh, distance. But uh, you won't hear, the trick is you won't hear yourself hit the ground. You'll be pretty, so that, mean, that means that you're really not allowing so much of that reaction force to work against you. Um, and that's the, so uh, that would be the third law. Uh, for every action, there's absolutely equal reaction. So they already want to kind of minimize it somewhat. Uh, it's not completely true, but... So if somebody's a loud runner, if you can hear yourself, and certainly if you can hear somebody else running, that's not a good thing. That means that you're you're losing a lot of that energy into the impact with the ground, essentially? Yeah, so a lot of... And, and that goes to law of conservation of energy. That's the most bedrock principle of all the universe. You can't, energy is neither created or destroyed, it just changes. So if you hear yourself make that noise, some of that energy that you're creating is being robbed by sound. You know, that's the, the, the energy of uh, the pressure of the, in the air, the sound. So that tells you, again, that's another way you can think about physics uh, or, or use physics is uh, conservation energy. I was going to say, you know, so now looking at like examples of someone who would be rocking the physics principle. I, I know this Michael Jordan um, ESPN special just came out and it's, yes. you know, we've always admired him. I know you guys, my brothers have, and we just like, he's such an example of, of uh, obviously capitalizing on all the principles to the best of his, of his ability to yes. use ground reaction force for his spring Turnover quickly. I mean, how would you describe like somebody like that who obviously has some genetic propensity to be just so? I, I mean, he just like really, he really defied gravity in a way. So you would, so for him, I mean, again, if you want to like in the, in the, I guess the theme of this uh, show is or um, interviews to think about some laws of physics. I, I mentioned Newton's three laws or other ones like spring constant law, Hooke's law, but, and, but let's say, so Michael Jordan is able to, first of all, he's able to steer or aim almost like the, um, almost like that guy is astronaut space who throws his, uh, his uh, jet pack in the opposite direction, exactly in the opposite direction of the space shuttle. He's able to uh, press down and slightly back to maximize the jump height. Um, if he if he goes too flat, it's more like a long jump. But he also, if he just jumps up, straight up, he doesn't get to the basket. So he, uh, Michael Jordan, is able to steer the reaction force uh, that creates movement in the optimal way, which is usually a parabola. If you see a runner, they don't go flat. They don't go up. There's a little bit of a, a, an arc and you have to maximize. It's usually about 45 degrees uh, angle. That's uh, uh, when you're jumping up to dunk a basketball, it's going to be more. 
if you're taking a running start and stuff like most people do. So he he's able to steer the he's able to guide the momentum his momentum and the opposite momentum that makes you move that, that he pushes against the earth the earth pushes back in the opposite direction and that causes max like the the uh, most efficient way to get up to the realm so the angle of uh application of force to the ground is very important you don't really have to teach that though you just have to you don't have to know physics really it's just that the body knows uh intuitively through practice how to and some but somewhat through evolution what's the most efficient way usually so michael jordan's able to He's also able to, now this is very important, when you jump or run, you don't have all day to create the force into the ground. You only have a, a little second. You, know, you only have a microsecond. I mean, it's like 0.2 seconds. So it's not enough to create enough force. Uh, you have to do it quickly. That's power, so muscle power. It's the force impulse. So, you know, uh, jumpers and a lot of athletes are sometimes not the strongest person when you strongest if you test their strength in a in a context where they can uh, there's no time limit in their ability to produce force uh, they might not be the strongest but they can uh, produce the force the quickest um, and they can apply the force uh, in the quickest way because again when you jump you don't have a lot of time to create enough force. Uh, to create the the force to make you jump or run, you have to do it very quickly. So that's another, um, uh, you know, power. What we call power is your is your the rate of work. Your the the uh, how quickly you can produce that force that makes you go a certain distance. So that's called the power. So it's measured in watts. Uh, that's a common way uh, measurement of power is watts. Uh, so. Um, so if somebody was sitting at home having more time on their hands now and they're interested in really learning how to apply Newton's principles to maximize their movement yes. to feel, I think, not just to, to feel really good, but also perf- enhance their performance, say if it was sure. running or biking. Or, or, or squ- squatting is a very... Okay. Yeah, so squatting is kind of a... a it is a is kind of a simple uh, or a kind of a an example that you can really kind of understand. So a lot of people have a hard time squatting properly. They either when they either stand stand from a chair or when they actually do squats as a way to get stronger, uh, they will tend not to push into the ground and allow the ground reaction force or the or that Newton's th- uh, third law of the Every action, there's an opposite and equal reaction to push them back up. Uh, they will tend to kind of sway and use their ankles and head to sway, sway, get a little momentum forward and then backwards, and they'll pull their My knees bad, back. So, in some ways, you uh, you want to think about pushing into the ground straight down because when you're squatting you want to go straight up when you're running you're pushing into the ground but you're going in a slightly different angles because you're moving forwards but it's the pushing down 
into the ground that gives you power. If you don't run well, you'll tend to reach with your legs and not produce that force into the ground that makes you move faster. Or if you tend to stand up by kind of swaying with the ankles and the head, then arching the back and pulling the knees back, then that's not the best way to um, to stand up or squat. Um, you'll tend to overuse your back, overuse the back of the knees, and it's not very strong. So it's a pushing. At the, at, at the end of everything, there's a pushing force. You're pushing to the ground when you run and, and stand up, or you push into, when you pull up, you're pushing into the ground. So it's interesting that all muscles do are pull, but the result of everything of the movement is a pushing into the surface. Oh, wait. So explain that again. So the muscles, are what, what you mean by that? They pull like levers. So when you right. contract a muscle, it pulls on the bony lever. But when you, the end result of all that contraction, that pulling is because muscles can only shorten. So it can only pull. It can't really, there's, it's not exactly completely true, but it's mostly true. It can only pull because it can only shorten. It can't push. It can't, uh, it doesn't like push. It's like, uh, yeah, so only pull. But when you combine all the pullings of the muscle, what makes you move is the pushing of the foot or the hand into the ground or some other surface. So pushing, you want to think about pushing as, or as the way to move better. You need to maximize your pushing into whatever surface. So you can, like if you're walking or running, you want to push strongly into the ground in the opposite direction where you want to go. And that's, does that make sense? Yes, but, but I was going to say, so some people are going to be like, wait, I thought there was, you said that muscles only are pulling and shortening, but how about like if you're coming slowly down into a squat, there are there are some muscles that are lengthening. They're lengthening, but the muscle is trying to, what it's doing is pulling, is continually pulling, but it doesn't generate as much force as gravity. So it lengthens, it slows down what gravity would do. Um, but uh, the sarcomeres, if you look at the, ba- the basic units of muscles, the sarcomeres can only shorten or pull. It can't expand or push out. Um, mm-hmm. But the whole result summation of all these levers and pulling forces can, is the end result is usually a pushing action against the surface. Right. And there's different types of movements eccentric or contractions eccentric which is the lengthening but that's lengthening because of the levers and gravity's force on those levers and then you've got concentric but all of the kind of the bra- the body's ability to just fire in all the different ways it needs to to slow down the movement eccentrically to shorten concentrically that's all from the nervous system yeah, and there's all pulling forces. If you get down to the nitty gritty of cross bridges, the cross bridges are pulling. Uh, the uh, myosin cross bridges are pulling the actin filaments towards the middle. But how this applies, a lot of times I won't mention. If I'm a physical therapist, I'm trying to teach someone to stand up with more strength. There, you know, a lot of people have a hard time standing up as they get older. I 
rarely mention a lot. Most of the time I don't mention muscles and sometimes I do, but a lot of times I say, get your weight, get your center mass over the middle of your feet and push into the ground. Mm-hmm. And then they, they can suddenly do it because they didn't know how to get their weight over their feet and then push into the ground vertically. Um, instead, they use a rocking motion. And um, so uh, so often I won't mention muscles. I, I usually do after a while. But the most important thing is just simplify by saying you need to push into the ground and the ground will push back, push you back up. Okay, I've got a question. Obviously, not with your older patients, but what are your thoughts on pistol squats? Since we're talking about squats, do you think there's value in somebody working on pistol squats? So if people don't know what pistol squats are, it's one-legged squats that you go all the way down, basically till your heel and your butt touch on one side and come all the way up. And you're supposed to, I guess, do it without holding on to anything. Do you think there's any value in learning how to do that and practicing that? No, no, I don't think it's so at all. It's more of a show. If someone can do pistol squats, they show they have a lot of flexibility and a lot of strength. But as far as a rehab principle, I think it's during. Or not even rehab. Do you think it's like people that are. Or even for like fit, or even just to get or to work on their strength and balance? Uh, I don't because when you're running, or let's say you're you know, working on a single leg squat to make you stronger and you know, you're playing soccer, running, most, most activities you have to have strength and balance and stability on one leg producing force because we run and we run and jump. Um, uh, most of the time, the other leg is usually is is almost always behind you, especially when you're running any type of running, running straight or soccer. Is most it's one leg is moving backwards as the other leg you're supporting yourself on that one leg. There's never a normal normal time that you have the other leg reaching out in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not. It's not very caregiver. No, and also it, it tends to make people. It will tend to make you round your spine when you uh, you really have. Uh, it's if you look at someone doing pistol squat, it's really hard to go down low without starting to flex your spine, which is not what you want to do. So a better way to do a single leg squat is to step on a. A step and have the other leg that's not doing a squat trailing behind you. So that's not, so it's so the leg is reaching behind you. You don't have to go in the step, but it's much easier just to, you don't have to pick up the leg so much. Yeah, I agree. I think some of these things I'm always curious about where the idea came. And I, I, I think it's one of those that seems really cool. And people are like, there's got to be like value in this. And you, you know, yes, you're getting great ankle dorsiflexion, but I just feel like you could get it in other ways that are not also going to, yeah, like you said, round your back. And it, and, and yeah, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of functional carryover or good. There's not, it's really, and it, there's, there's high risk of injury. I mean, it's usually single leg squats are very low, low risk activity because you don't have to use a lot of weight. Um, and you really use your stabilizing muscles. However, um, yeah, with a pistol squat, it really causes you to uh, lower around uh, your back. It'll tend to cramp up in the rectus femoris, the hip flexor. 
but single leg squats is a, is, is a very important, um, uh, a very important exercise because it teaches you again, how to steer the ground reaction force in the way that you want to move. Yeah. yeah. I, there's one way I like doing it where you actually hold like a long bamboo pole and you have your like if you're standing on your left foot, your right foot is on a towel and slides back. So you're not like technically on a one foot, but you you are because that that one leg is moving, but it yeah. really gets your glutes going. And yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's I that, that. that's a, a lot. That's a good variation. There are a lot of kind of there are a lot of variations you can do. Yeah, uh, I would say the pistol squats probably the worst variation. Yeah, um, has oh, the least functional carryover. There we go. So we had our physics primer and we have our our thoughts on pistol squatting. Well, this was fun to catch up with you, my brother. I hope everybody got smarter there just by listening to this. Maybe re-listen and, and pick up some stuff. So you I can- think some of the, I, I think what a, a main, uh, maybe something you can take away from it is everyone who's, I'm, I'm, you know, if you're trying to, if you're listening to your podcast, I'm everyone's interested in anatomy, functional anatomy. Just go back and and just kind of review Newton's three laws because they really you'll be surprised how much is it'll, you'll if you think about what you, uh, those three laws they really explain a lot about uh, efficient movement. As um, I'll just do one more example about lumbar stability. Uh, when you move something, uh, not only you're the if you're pushing something like a heavy box, the box pushes back at you the same amount of force or momentum, and that causes your spine to move. So if you're not stable in the spine, it will buckle, shearing will parallel movement of the vertebrae. So that's why that's called a joint reaction force. Uh, so you know you can use that's why core stability is important. You hear about core stability, but why is it important? Well, it helps to stabilize against these reaction forces, but this time they're joint reaction forces. When you when you move, picking up stuff, running, there's a lot of there are a lot of forces that are directed towards the spine that cause the spine to move because of that third law for every action, there's an opposite and equal reaction. So um, that's why core stability is important um, uh, uh, to so you can control that kind of uh, that movement of the spine that's generated by how by your movement. Mm-hmm. I love that. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I say this a lot in my teachings: is that good movement is is almost more about the f- controlling the things you don't want moving. Yeah. So if you think about those three laws inertia things that are movement or things that are stay, staying still tend to maintain that unless acted on the outside force. And you think about force equals MA, you have to use force again, not to move something, but to accelerate. So that's, that's where you can see where it doesn't, uh, it requires force to change movement. And the third law, I think those laws are, um, there are other physical principles that are very important for movement. But if you, if you want to just kind of really get understand things from the ground up, then I think that's everyone should could learn the three laws and Newtons and really appreciate movement um, much better because of it. 
I agree. I agree. Well, thank you for taking the time today to have a little geek out with me. Thank you all for listening. And as always, I'm pulling for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.